0: can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
1: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and the greatest tag team wrestler of all time. Bully Ray and I talk all about Monday Night Raw. And yes, there were some positives from last night. We'll discuss. And yeah, there was some bad and maybe even some ugly and some things that didn't make a lot of sense. We'll try to connect the dots and put some logic into last night's Monday Night Raw right now on the Busted Open podcast. All right, you know what, Bully? Why don't we do this? Why don't we start with the positives? Because I have a feeling that a lot of the show, based on what I watched last night, is going to be negative. So why don't we start with the positives? You said there was two things that you really liked or that you liked last night. I know for a fact there was one thing that I really enjoyed and is intriguing to me. So why don't we start with the positives before we dive in to the negative? So, you know, throw out something from that show. You said there was two things. What, What was one of those two things from last night? I really like seeing the Iconics
2: back together on my screen. And they were on my screen screen for a, uh, for a blink of an eye. I know that Peyton had the match and Billy was at ringside. That's not what I liked. I kind of liked the backstage segment when Billy and Oscar were talking, then Peyton came in, and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. We're still friends. We're still best friends. Got each other's back. And the end shot, like when Oscar walked away from Peyton Royce and then Peyton was sitting there like kind of watching Oscar walk off with Billy standing behind her. They had a great look right then and there. They looked like a 2020 version of the mean girls, almost like the mean women. They had an edge to them. You know, Billy all in black and Peyton looking a little, you know, having more of an edge to her. I'm telling you, there is something to the iconics. They just haven't found it yet for them. They have chemistry, they have charisma, they have personality. I cannot understand why one person in creative up there can't find a damn thing for these two women other than to do the typical WWE thing when it comes to a tag team and split them up. Last night, seeing them back on screen, I dug. Because it just, it just, it looked really cool the camera shot looked cool both of the women looked cool the looks on their face i like billy with this harder edge to her <clears throat> so that was one of
1: the things i liked and that shot lasted about 15 seconds yeah and, and it was but it was a powerful sh- uh shot it's a shot that hopefully if used right we're gonna see that for days weeks and months to come because i think it so showed and sold you on a completely different side of the iconics and You know, I'm like, I'm like you bully. Like when I'm watching that segment, I'm like, then why do they do what they did the last three weeks? Like, because they book week to week. There there is no doubt about it. Uh, Bully, what you just said is something that a lot of people have said before. Fans have said guests have said that we've had on the air. But watching last night's show, there is no doubt in my mind that what you just said is the honest and complete truth. There is no way that you can sell me that Monday Night Raw has any long-range plans at all. Now, I'm saying Monday Night Raw because I think SmackDown and NXT are different. And there's a lot of proof why they do have long-range thinking. But when it comes specifically to Monday Night Raw, Bully, I think you're 1,000% right. You can't tell me they have any long-term goals. They booked that show week to week. Iconics is a small example, but an example nonetheless. Three weeks ago, you have them break up. You have, you know, you have Peyton stab Billy in the back. Then, then all of a sudden, you have them hug and brace, and then last night, they're friends again. What, what, what was those last three weeks for? There was no reason. So you're right. Bully, there is no doubt that somebody came up with an idea, they went with it, the next week they had another idea, and then this week they had an even different idea. They booked this show week to
2: week. Um, I don't think that they were friends again last night. I think they were just there for each other. Um, And I'd like to see them do more with that, or a different take on the story. Um, I almost see the two of them as badass sex in the city kind of characters i don't know that's what that's what kind of jumps off the screen to me um and whether or not they can go down that road but there's just something that honestly if i had the pencil i'd just throw the tag straps on them i'd give them their own segment like a piper's pit and let them run with what they're good at book to their strengths you can't tell me then when Peyton Royce and Billy Kay are on camera, you don't see their strengths. Book to it, right for it, right around it. This is one of the things that Vince Russo was good at back in the day. This is one of the things that Paul Heyman is still good at to this day. It's watching talent go out there, and finding that one or two things that they naturally do well, naturally speak well about or handle or, or the way they tell a story and then they hone in on it and they go right there. <clears throat> that's the foundation which I will build, f- uh, build around when booking this character and writing for this character and even writing promos for this character or giving bullet points. So listen, that's it. I, I enjoyed seeing the iconics on my TV last night, and I liked that shot of them.
1: And another thing that I thought was good from last night, I think we both agree on this, is the Monday Night Messiah with Murphy and the Mysterio family. Um, I'm engaged. I'm interested. I want... I, I, I... that's one of the things that I tune into Monday nights to see what the next chapter of this story is. And it's getting stronger and stronger each week because I'm fully invested in each and every personality and character that's involved in this story. And it's not just about Rey Mysterio. Rey is in the background. Like, I'm really digging Dominic. I'm digging Mysterio's daughter. I'm digging Murphy. He finally has a little bit of you know, depth to his character. I'm enjoying this story right now.
2: Last week, I mentioned that I hope they go down the road of Ray's daughter, Aaliyah, and Buddy Murphy. And last night, the second, they, they watered the the plant a little bit. Because if you remember, when Aaliyah was walking in the ring to check on her brother, Buddy Murphy was down on the floor last week or the week before, and Aaliyah just put her hand on Buddy Murphy's shoulder, right then and there, that li- that little that little um piece of sympathy for Buddy Murphy told me everything I needed to know. Last night, Buddy comes over there, he apologizes. You could see the look in Aaliyah's eyes. She's like, maybe this guy's not half bad. She's a little bit smitten with him. You can see it, and that's going to be a good story because it's relatable. And speaking of relatability, <clears throat> it was interesting. Once Seth realized what he did to that family last night, he looked right into the hard camera and he said, I think he even said the word relatable. Like you people can relate to this when a family has their problems, blah, blah, blah. So the Mysterio family story, and internal strife and the son trying to uh you know uh you know get out of his dad's shadow and you know you know fill his boots so to say or fill out the mask in the Myster- in, in the mysterio family and the daughter being well I'm only 19 and you don't trust me dad and you know like you know having a, a love interest every family can relate to this and that's why it can work I was not a fan of the whole beginning of Excuse me. Sorry. I drank a, a red line this morning. I haven't drank a red line. What are you and doing so, that for? Well, I, I lost my syringe. I was going to shoot it, so I had to drink it. Um, <laughs> uh, easy. Oh, boy. You are going to be on fire for three yeah, hours. Yeah. I needed the red line this morning. Um, so uh, the, the the beginning of the segment, <laughs> like the whole Maury Povich thing, they did that years ago with Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Uh, okay. You can bring a story forward. You could do it all over again with new players. But I was just like, ugh. You know, I I really wasn't into it, but I did like the way it ended. Seth looked confused, or maybe I did the wrong thing. Buddy and Aaliyah, that was another thing I liked.
1: Yeah, I, I liked it. And again, anybody that has a teenage daughter, which I do now can relate, you know, Listen, you're naive. I'm not naive. She threw that line back in, in her father's face, and there's the bad boy, and that's what happens. Gravitate towards, you know, the bad boy because you know you're having that strain with your pops. And listen, I thought that was, like Seth said, very, very relatable. And those two things that you brought up, Bully, I completely agree on. I think those are both very intriguing segments moving forward and are very, very interesting. And hopefully, you know, come next week we see the the next chapter but in case you missed it bully especially i still use the old school tv guide Uh, monday night raw is from 8 p.m to 11 p.m so yes there was a good cozy 17 and a half minutes that was good from monday night raw but there was a lot of show that just was not connecting with me and i have a feeling that's what we're going to be talking about but We definitely want to hear from the Busted Open Nation. And you said there's 28% of the people that, you know, voted on your poll that liked the show. If you liked the show, I'm not going to rag on you. I want you to call it and tell me why you liked last night's show. And for all of you fans out
2: there who like to jump on your Twitter machines and say, oh, here's Bully and Dave burying Raw again. Nope. We just told you the things that we liked. I'm a wrestling fan. I just told you what I liked on the show last night. It's not my fault that I didn't like the rest of the stuff. I really wanted to like the rest of the stuff. I'm investing three hours of my life. Yep into this TV show. I want to like the majority of the show, but I told you the two things that I
0: liked. All right. Hey, everyone. This is Kirk Morrison. This is Greg McElroy, And this is Nate Burleson. With the 2020 NFL season finally upon us, we're excited to announce three new NFL podcasts from SiriusXM. On total coverage, we'll explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. On Inside the Pocket, we will go under the helmet for all the quarterbacks in the NFL. And on 17 weeks, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron will discuss the latest NFL stories straight from the locker room. New episodes of all three podcasts will be available every week on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: To start off Monday Night Raw, they make the announcement that Retribution has officially become a part of the WWE. As a matter of fact, uh, they they describe them as vandals. Retribution, you know, vandals have officially become a part of the WWE and have signed contracts. So they are, are now contracted employees with the WWE. I, uh, I screen capped
2: a tweet last night from somebody that, uh you know, immediately after that promo uh, decided to, uh, they actually tweeted me and you. It said, the machine has held us down for too long. We're tired of reaching for the imaginary brass ring. We will fight this machine.
1: Hey, you guys want a job? Sure. I can't take, I mean, uh, I mean, the first line from that, we are here to destroy the WWE. So, but you are now a part of the W I you know, like, and I'm like, it, it makes no logical sense. We're here to destroy the WWE. All right. So here's a contract to be a part of the WWE. So
2: I have to, my job right now is to try to take this creative and how much it does not make sense and try to make sense of it because there's nobody that can tell me it makes sense. Now, somebody might say, Bubba, give it a chance. We're going to have a payoff and it's going to make sense in the end. Right now, I'm not so sure. But if they got WWE contracts, somebody real high up on that food chain had to give them contracts. Who could have possibly given Retribution contracts.
1: Vince McMahon. Okay. Who else? Uh, Stephanie McMahon. Uh, Shane McMahon. And Triple H. Triple H. Now, these are
2: obviously NXT talents. I think we know. I mean,
1: that was Mia Yim talking, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it All was. Right. I mean, I mean <clears throat> by the way, Bully, really quick made no attempt to make that not look like Mia Yim like they basically said to Mia Yim on your way into work today stop at spirit Halloween buy a mask and put it on when you come to work like she she had exactly the same hair color hairstyle as she did the last time you saw her with NXT
2: um on a side note Mia Yim and Keith Lee are a couple correct yes okay It probably would behoove Mia Yim to not mention the brass ring line in a promo. Look at what happened when Miro said it. And as Sam would say, poor Lana, poor Lana, twice now through the table. So Mia, don't talk about the brass ring. They're going to take it out on Keith Lee. Anyway, um, (laughs) obviously somebody gave these talents contracts. Now, whether they meant raw contracts or not that's a gray area maybe they'll say well yeah they had nxt contracts but they didn't have raw contracts whatever so we gave a bunch of people who trying to destroy us contracts sorry i don't see how that makes sense i think the wwe only has one card left to play in this story and i equate it to po- playing poker if you're all in on a hand and, you're, and you need one card and you haven't got it, it wasn't dealt to you, you didn't get the card on the flop, you didn't get it on the turn, but you're waiting for it on the river or the river and the turn. You're waiting for that last card to come up. I think the WWE's only got one card left. And that card is a giant reveal as the leader who's the leader of retribution and why unless that is really real makes a lot of sense and blows us away i don't see how this is salvageable they're just a bunch of disgruntled people disgruntled wrestlers that we know who they are dressed up uh Holding the tag rope, abiding by rules. It's uh, We know they're wrestlers. They're hitting double team moves. Hey, not that the one kid doesn't look phenomenal. Uh, the kid that used to be the, ring, uh, the announcer, uh, the big black kid. Oh, um, D, uh, uh, Dio Madden. Dio looks impressive. But that's about all I have on that. You know, enough of these factions have been done the right way where you can just have, you can rip off the story, just blatantly rip off the story and it'll work. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you an example here. And I'm not calling this guy out in any way, shape or form. I'm I'm giving him credit for being smart. Do you remember when MJF gave Cody the 10 lashes? Yes. Okay. They took Bully and Flip and Sandman and Dreamer and they molded those two stories together and instead of using a singapore cane they used uh, they used a, a a belt did the did the MJF Cody 10 lashes angle segment story work yes or yes. no yes it did because they blatantly ripped off what they saw from 20 years ago, and from two years ago, done. And they made it their own, and it worked. The WWE should have completely ripped off another faction angle. I'll I'll just use the aces and eights, because it's easy. And I'm not talking about the Bully character. I'm talking about the story to the buildup. I'm talking about every other character except Bully. The story to the buildup, the way the reveals happened, the way the guys were protected on the build to me i mean dave i'll ask you is there anything about this that you're into is there if you had a gun to your head and somebody said tell
1: me something that you like about retribution or you're getting popped what would you tell I, i'm, I'm going to wind up getting popped because the person would go so impatient of me uh, rambling, trying to think of something that's salvageable here that I'm going to have a bullet in my head. And it sounds terrible to say, because you brought up aces and eights, but aces and eights made sense. They also, there was a lot of people with questions and you were able to clean that up as well to make that and connect the dots and make that a lo- make that logical. Plus, those people were wrestlers that were within TNA. Those were contractual already contractual employees within TNA. Now, listen, you could make maybe make the same claim here because obviously these are all NXT. But it's uh, here's where it makes no sense. If Dio Madden came out. And they said, that's Dio Madden. Man, there's a story there, bully. Because Dio Madden was pulled off a commentary like two, three weeks in on Monday Night Raw. Right? We saw him back in October. Three weeks in, he got pulled. And we never saw him again. So, you know what? If Dio Madden, you know, last night pulled off that mask and was like, I'm Dio Madden. I was promised all this. I was promised the brass rings. And you know what? They stabbed me in the back. They didn't even give me a chance. F you. I'm, you know what? I'm into that. That makes sense. But that's obviously Dio Madden in the ring. And they're making no reference to Dio Madden at all. That's obviously Mia Yim in the ring, and they're making no references to Mia Yim. That was Mercedes Martinez who was in the main event on NXT three weeks ago. That's obviously her and they're making no reference to her at all. Which makes me think, Bully, that these are not related. And if they are, that still makes no sense because if it's connected to NXT, Mia Yim is going out with Keith Lee and that's not just something that's off of TV. They showed dead on tv in the package from nxt takeover mercedes martinez is in the main event dominic dijakovic was in the main event multiple times on nxt so it makes no sense nothing here nothing here bully makes any logical sense so
2: let's try to make sense of it let's assume we're not seeing something maybe we're stupid maybe we're dumb maybe something makes sense all right. A lot you, you of people know. are a lot of people are saying that Keith Lee is gonna be the leader of retribution. Does that make sense? Zero,
1: zero. Zero fucking sense. How do I know? The guy's been pushed to the moon since he walked into Monday Night Raw. Guy's main event at a pay-per-view. He had a stare down with Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. I mean, facing Randy Orton multiple times, he's been in the main event segment on Monday Night Raw. The guy's been here for a cup of coffee. So no, bully, that makes no logical sense.
2: How come not even one time, we've bitched about this before, but I'm going to bitch about it again this morning. How come not once last night with all of the scuffles that that uh retribution got into last night they got into it with the hurt business early on then they got into it with the hurt business later on in the show and then at the end the cavalry came out led by drew mcintyre and a huge scuffle to go off the air how come not one person has tried to take one mask off of one retribution person never
1: never never has has it happened has it happened yet not even one not attempt? even an attempt not 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 one not one not one i'm sorry but
2: that point right there there's where you lose me because as i said last week it just show me some intent just show me one retribution god let's just say the cavalry would have come out last night right and they were to isolate one of the retribution guys or gals and they had them down on their knees and they were holding both of their arms out at their side, like the, like the dreamer pose. And Drew McIntyre was about to take the hood or the mask off of one of the retribution guys. And you got the, you got the announcers. Oh my God, we're going to see who one of the retribution is. Drew McIntyre is going to take the mask off. And then just before Drew does it, wham, Drew gets knocked knocked out from the back. At least you're showing me intent that they're trying to figure out who these people are. If not, that is a storyline point that you are just basically saying, F you to, And that is where fans intelligence becomes insulted.
1: Bully, I grew up watching Scooby-Doo. What was the first thing that they would do when they finally captured the bad guy? They would pull off the mask. Mr. Goothers! A a, a dog and a stoner are smarter than anybody on the (laughs) WWE roster. Uh,
2: That
1: was a good one, you popped. It's It's unbelievable. Oh, and by the way, the biggest baby faces on Monday Night Raw... uh, it's a hard business they're the only ones that have any guts to want to stand up against retribution the only ones
2: here's the most important question though Thelma or Daphne
1: oh Thelma all right just checking no Daphne (laughs) why it's got to be Daphne. you said Thelma first, so that must be the honest. No, answer. So I got it mixed up, because no, you know, <laughs> no offense to Thelma, but you know if, if you want somebody you know if you want to cheat off of somebody getting an A on the big geometry test, you know, it's Thelma. But if you want a date for the whoop, for whoop. A Saturday night, it's, it's Daphne. <laughs> 877-344-4893. 877, fight 93. Uh, I mean, help us, help maybe, us Nation. Maybe, that should be the rest of the show. Actually, that or like, what song should Retribution come out to? Because they don't come out to music right now. So, what what song fits Retribution? No, I was talking about Thelma Daphne. Just take callers. <laughs> Really good Monday Night Raw last night. The best. Let's talk about it. Yeah, it was bestest. very good. The EST of Raw. The bestest. Yes, better than the restest. <laughs> it was.
2: It was awesome. You're like, the bestest, better than the restest. Last night was the best
1: Raw ever. <laughs> it was. It was uh, really fucking bad. If I'm going to be honest, It was no. Uh, a it was the best. You know, <laughs> it was the est. It was the bad of the est. Is the baddest. It was terrible. Um, it was really, really awful. It reminded me of, I I would think that they now have writers there that don't like wrestling. I'm almost convinced that whoever contributed to that show does not like wrestling. It was a parody of wrestling. It was, it was somebody putting together a show that they thought wrestling should be like when they're not actually a fan. Allow me to remind
2: you that when you call out creative on Monday night raw you are basically calling out Vince McMahon. Okay. Now I'm just letting you know. All right. It was not a, it, He's okay. the final he's the final filter. Anything that you see on that TV goes through Vince and sometimes rewritten specifically by Vince. Last night's logic just wasn't there for me. Sorry. That's, that's my brutal honesty. But there's uh, one thing being you can honest. count on me for is brutal honesty. You can't ask me to sit back. Like, remember, Dave, I told you as a kid my grandmother would watch The Young and the Restless, and I'd be like, Grandma, why are you watching this? And blah, blah, blah. And then I'd watch The Young and the Restless one time, and for two years i watched watch The Young and the Restless. You know why? The stories made sense. The characters were intriguing. They hooked me day to day to day where's my story you you want me to buy in to people who threw molotov cocktails at you you want to destroy your destroy your set they want to hurt your wrestlers they want to do this they want to do that and now you gave them a contract
1: It would be like, Bully, like you and I, you know, obviously not now because we're doing it from home. But if we were doing the show at Sirius XM Studios and there was pissed off uh, talk show hosts that weren't getting an opportunity. And every day they threw rocks at the people that were walking into work every day at Sirius XM. And then finding out like the next day that, you know. They gave, they gave those people contracts. You're, you're now employed by SiriusXM, and these people are running in the hallways with their heads on fire, screaming and yelling. Be like, what the hell just happened? It make, makes no logical sense. That Well, that's what's happening here. These are angry, disgruntled wrestlers that have never gotten an opportunity and are, like you said, destroying equipment. You know, throwing you know, throwing fireballs at generators and then and, and they're and they're beating the shit out of your employees. So here's a contract. Now become a part of our company. And the first things out of their mouth is, we're gonna destroy your company. It you can understand it makes no logical sense at all. And like you said, later on in the night they're in a quote unquote match where they're holding on to tag ropes. Like, it it, it makes my head spin trying to think of the logic of this because, Bully, we talk about this show is booked week to week, correct? But this is a story that's been going on for a long time. So you would hope and think that they put some thought into this story. This has been going on for weeks. For weeks this has been going on. And this is the best that you can come up with? A lot
2: of people chiming in on social media with who they think are going to be is going to be the uh, eventual leader of retribution. One of the names also coming up is Samoa Joe, because we haven't seen him in a
1: while. I don't know what Joe's gripe would be. He was injured, and they gave him the opportunity to be on commentary. Uh, I, I mean, I guess they could make something out of that. I mean, it's possible.
2: The old tried-and-true uh, go-to name has been coming
1: up, CM Punk. CM Punk, you want to bring CM, again, if, if CM Punk is the leader, but I don't understand the followers, like, that I don't get, they would and have to You, you make
2: that. CM Punk the leader of this group, and everybody else falls by the wayside, instantly. Yes,
1: then the Mia Yim that you took years on NXT to create, you know, uh, the Dominic Dijakovic you had for years to create, you know, Mercedes Martinez, I know she's not been there long, but you put her in a main event against Rhea Ripley. You built these people to just have them completely be in the background. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't. It, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. And again, the names itself. I mean, you got Mace, you got T-Bar, and you got Slapdick. Let's see what the busted open nation feels about retribution. Let's go right to it. Let's go to somebody who actually did like Raw. Let's go out to Dylan in Iowa. All right, Dylan, man, the floor is yours. What did you like about Raw last night?
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Uh, so... You know, there was obviously things I didn't like. Uh, I, but there was was actually some stuff I did like the what you guys mentioned about the Monday Night Messiah. I actually love that. Uh, I know like a lot of people were like, "Oh, they're just doing the you know Eddie Ray storyline again and it, and stuff," but it's like it's it's different because he's not claiming he's the dad. He's just pointing it stuff out, and I I love that. Um, the The retribution stuff. A lot of it doesn't make sense, but I do want to bring up something Bowley actually said to me a couple weeks ago when I called, and I was concerned that the retribution storyline wasn't going on, or wasn't like it. It wasn't making any sense to me at all because it was like there's nothing happening, nothing's moving forward. And Bowley, you told me you said, "Just wait, be patient. You know, it, it'll keep moving. It may not always make sense, but." You know, they'll keep going forward, and we'll just wait and see what happens. And, uh, and I think, you know, I think that made a lot of sense. And, you know, they have started pushing things forward, maybe not in ways that make sense. But I think that if we do get someone that does come out as the leader, I think that would be great.
2: And the reason I told you, uh, and I remember the phone call, the reason I said, hey, pump the brakes. Let's see how this plays out. Maybe this will make sense is because I was involved in a storyline that had a giant hole in it. And we had to plug that hole, but we couldn't plug the hole until the end of the story. Why did Bully catch a beating from the aces and eights at the wedding? And the whole reason was the good fellas reasoning the way we saw it everybody's got to take a beating every once in a while i took the beating from my fellow gang members just to lure people in more it's how i got sting in closer it's how i got hogan in closer to make them believe i was really on their side that's and and when, once you saw it it's like oh wow that made a lot of sense dave uh uh, uh dylan what are they gonna have to do now to make you believe in the story and have it make sense?
0: Um, I think if they do come out with a, like an actual leader, like I, I think, you know, we had, we heard a lot. I, I believe it was Dominic Dijakovic last night who was supposed to be T-bar who talked a lot, but I feel like if they actually come out and have someone as a leader saying, you know, this is what it's all about. And, and I've been Dylan, thinking about Dylan, who it Dylan, be. Dylan,
2: Dylan. Dylan, you can't just pick a name out of thin air unless the name makes perfect sense. What is Dominic Dijakovic's gripe?
0: I think his only gripe I could think of was the fact that he has been in, you know, a lot of main event matches, as you talked about before, against, you know, like Keith Lee and stuff like that, but he's never been able to, to get that title. And it could be a thing of... I'm thinking I'm just being held back. It's like essentially not, I don't want to put the blame on myself because I keep losing. I'm putting the blame on management for not allowing me to get there.
1: All right. Let me, let me ask you this. Let me, and this is, this may sound like an insane question, but let me ask it. And I, and I want an honest answer from, from you Dylan and from you bully as well. Are these wrestlers that we're seeing as part of retribution, are they going to be unveiled as who they are? Like, is this real? Is this going to be Mia Yim and Dominic Dijakovic and, and Dio Madden? Are, 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 are Mercedes Martinez, are they going to be unveiled as such? Or is this retribution group just going to go on with T bar, Mason, slapdick? Are they actually going to be unveiled as these former NXT superstars? Because judging from what I've heard and seen last night, Not once did I hear Jerry Lawler or, you know, or Braxton or anybody say, well, you know, Slapdick looks like so-and-so and and T-Bar looks like so-and-so and and Mace looks like so-and-so. I didn't hear that. So are they actually going to be unveiled as their true who they were with NXT? You know, Dave,
2: here's a very interesting tweet that just came in also. And I'm trying to read as many as possible as the show's going on because I think the tweets are as important as the phone calls. Uh, This guy, Mr. Jones, uh, chimes in and he goes, I really feel like there is more to what we saw last night. A swerve, a misdirection, and these guys are not the real leaders of retribution. Vince McMahon and the crew are not this bad at their job. And I want to be on board with Mr. Jones here in that tweet. I want to believe that this is all a ruse. This is a giant misdirection for a much bigger plot, storyline, reveal. These are just soldiers. There's an entire army of others behind this. Who that is and why that is, I don't know yet. But I'm praying to the wrestling gods there is,
1: I, I, and I hope so. But Dylan, really quick, are these wrestlers going to be unveiled as NXT superstars?
0: So, I, 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 I genuinely, in my heart, I hope they are. Uh, and there is one thing I do want to say, and it, I, I already can, I already know, Bully is going to probably, probably just ream me for saying this. But there is one person who I think if they reveal it as the leader and they do it right, it could be actually, it it could make sense. And that would be Triple H. And I know, you know, it's like he doesn't need to. Why would he be involved in this? And if they push it as Triple H started this because he's upset that Vince McMahon just will not leave. He will not give him these full reigns. He can say, you know, look at NXT, I've done great things, I've been doing great things, and you're running raw into the ground, and you just will not give me the control I want. So I sent up some of my NXT stars, and then he reveals them as who they are. I think that'd be phenomenal. All right. Dylan, I'm Thank
2: not, you, Dylan, I'm not going to ream you for that because that's one of the original names we said, and that's mm-hmm. actually the exact point we made about, uh, about triple H. If you make triple H the head of this, the whole thing is I created NXT and Vince, you have held it back, which, and that would make sense. There's enough good points there to build your story around, but. With Triple H as the leader, you kind of run into the same problem as CM Punk. Completely overshadows everybody else, so you got to be real careful. Although, Trips as the leader is a very interesting reveal.
0: Hey everybody, this is Fran Frischella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic buys it in to Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat.
1: Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. One thing that we didn't really get a lot into was Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Drew McIntyre, uh, we saw him, comes to save the day. You know, of course, they hit his music. And then Randy Orton with the RKO, and they're setting up towards that championship match, the ambulance match for the WWE Championship on Sunday at Clash of Champions. So... You know, at least at the end of the day on Sunday, Bully, we're getting Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton in the ring. And a nice promo also from Randy Orton last night. Uh, I did. I mean, his promo was good. But to
2: me, Randy's promo last night was, you know, it, it wasn't the same stuff that I was getting from randy with edge or the stuff that he was doing with rick i thought it was a good promo he he said he said what he needed to say well he delivered his lines but i didn't really feel like there was any real bottom end there i felt it was uh more of a a typical randy orton promo that we had seen from a year or two ago uh i've been very high on randy uh as you know for a long long time still am i just unless that it was a good promo that that's It wasn't great. It wasn't off the charts. It was a good promo.
1: And then we have uh, Drew McIntyre right now with that jaw. And obviously, he's got problems with that jaw leading into that match that's taking place on Sunday. So is there any chance that we see a new champion coming out of Clash of Champions on Sunday? You know, if if you take a look at Drew, he was
2: snake bit. Um, his championship was snake bit by the coronavirus. Winning the championship at WrestleMania from Brock Lesnar uh, in front of no people. I think the best thing to do with Drew right now is take the championship off of him, shatter his jaw, put him in the ambulance, and not bring him back until we bring people back, and then give him his run that he had earned and deserved, and they wanted him to have. Putting him in an ambulance lets allows Randy to win without pinning Drew. There's your out. He wins the ambulance match. They drive away, shattered jaw. He's got to have his jaw wired shut or whatever the storyline is. And we don't see him for a while. And I think when when people are eventually allowed back in, hopefully sooner than later in drips and drabs, we're seeing it with AEW, especially if WWE is going to look into any outdoor venues, uh, much like AEW is
1: looking at with Daly's Place. Yeah, because I think, Bully, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they have uh, the arena that they're renting out right now until the end of October. So if that's true, then maybe they do try to, to find a venue that they could have at least a little bit of a pocket of fans.
2: About uh, an hour down the road in Tampa, they have a very nice um, uh, stadium just like Daly's place, it's, it's called, you know, an outdoor shed where they could very easily uh, do all their stuff from there. Whether, you know, they'd have to deal with the same type of, uh, you know, weather conditions or whatever that AEW yeah. would have to deal with. So it, it's it's the best case scenario for them if they want to get people trickled back in. Put you on the shelf for a little while. Hold steady. Hold the course and then bring him back when there people there. Randy good heel champion can work with anybody can do anything and you know maybe he Keith Lee up to to chase Randy a little bit gets him out of the match without Drew having to be pinned
1: and maybe and maybe Monday Night Raw is kind of like, in, in Star Wars terms, kind of like in that Empire Strikes Back type of feel where you have like Retribution is the cloud that hangs over Monday Night Raw. You have a heel world champion in Randy Orton. You know, maybe Angel Garza uh, at Class of Champions, Angel Garza and Andrade pick up these tag titles. And maybe for right now, you kind of build up your heels a little bit on Monday Night Raw, kind of like the Empire Strikes Back where All right, now you build that build up to where there is a point where there is at least a pocket of fans available to get some kind of reaction when your baby faces build that comeback. That's really not a bad idea, Bully, because I can't think of any champion, any champion that has had to withstand what Drew McIntyre has had to withstand over the last four or five months.
2: Let's not forget who's also on that back burner hanging out there, healing up, is Edge. We're going to get Edge Orton 3. We have to get Edge Orton 3. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's a possibility. But the ambulance match is a good way to get out of it. Get that strap on Randy, and you don't have to
1: pin Drew. And maybe, uh, and maybe they build up to some kind of monster comeback.
2: Wild Pony on the old Twitter machine says that the leader of Retribution is Kevin Owens.
1: Why? leader of Retribution is Kevin Owens. Um, Kevin Owens, you know, has issues with Shane McMahon. Kevin Owens has had issues with Vince McMahon. Obviously, we've seen Kevin Owens actually do physical damage to Vince McMahon in the past. You know what? That is not a bad idea. Okay. Now, again, I still take exception to the NXT players that are involved here. And not playing into the fact that boy, that looks like a little bit that looks a lot like Dio Madden. That looks a lot like Mia Yim. I don't think they should I don't think they should hide from those facts. Especially the Dio Madden. Jerry Lawler saying, boy, that looks a lot like Dio Madden. Just a little hint, just seeds planted to kind of build on that story a little bit. Okay. Just wanted to get your take on that. All right, let's get back out to the very, very busy phones. And they are Busy, let's go out. We'll try to sprinkle in a little bit of the positive-negative calls because we have a lot of people that have been hanging on for a while. Let's go out to Michael in Florida. What do you got, Michael? Yeah, my take on uh, retribution. And the, the leader behind retribution is going to be Shane O'Mac. And the reason I say that is he's trying to build up raw underground and him and triple h could be in collaboration together and then somewhere down in the future if you want to build up uh triple h nxt versus underground then you could have something like that what do you think i mean here and michael a lot of people are are saying a lot of what you're saying but let's just take your example all right you have shane mcmahon in charge of raw underground and you have Triple H in charge of NXT. Now everybody kind of just, you know, uses like the NWO. Let's just say WCW versus NWO. Okay. Uh, the members of, of the NWO were the outsiders. You know, they came from another company. They're invading from this other company. But WCW, you know, you know, you, you built up a company of baby faces to go up against them. When you look at Retribution, bully, and let's just say it's uh, a, you know it's NXT and Raw Underground, so NXT, which is a show that everybody loves, and Raw Underground, that's kind of been like a cool little venture, uh, a little bit something a little bit different on Monday Night Raw. Well, do, do you want people to to hate Retribution because if it involves NXT and and Raw Underground going up against Monday Night Raw? I would have to think that you're going to love them. I mean, I, I, NXT is NXT is beloved by their fan base. Beloved, you are you going to get people to hate Retribution if it involves NXT? Would be a hell
2: of a swerve that Retribution okay. winds up being the babyfaces in all this. Uh, I just watched Cobra Kai; hadn't seen it. It's uh, interesting how they took the uh, uh, the character of Johnny Lawrence, right? Johnny, right? Yeah. And turned him into a pseudo babyface after he was the heel for so long.
1: Can be done with the right story. All right. All right. The right story. Why? How did they make Johnny Lawrence into a baby face? Because they told the story
2: from his perspective and they showed all of the things that happened in his past that we did not know about that led to the way he was. So
1: you felt sympathy for Johnny Lawrence. You felt bad for the guy. And and and, and you felt bad for where he w- wound up. It's Just like the new take on General
2: Zod. You know, in the remake of, of Superman 2, the new Zod, they gave you his backstory. And his backstory says he was just trying to do the right thing by his people and his planet. He's not the same Zod that's portrayed in the original Superman with just a diehard heel. You actually were like... Oh wow!
1: This Zod has a point. This Zod makes sense. So, so maybe they're going with this angle, like you know, retribution. Maybe, maybe they were kind of wronged. Well, wronged how? Like, you know, if there's anybody in this, and
2: we're, we're, we're th- we've thrown out so many names, and we're having fun discussing why yes. or and why not, somebody could be a possibility, and. We're trying to come up with good stories. I mean, Shane, there's your story. Now, we've seen father and son before. It was the whole invasion angle. I mean, that was in the main event of the invasion, uh, invasion pay-per-view. There was a five-on-five match. Um, Shane has a gripe. Shane's gripe is that he's been passed over his entire life. Shane's gripe is that Vince treats Hunter like his son more than his own son. There's a lot of real-life stuff there. Just like we talk right the real-life animosity between Hunter and Vince with the way Hunter has built up NXT. There's a real a lot of real-life, I don't want to say animosity. I don't want to paint Shane and Vince's picture if father and son is bad. I'm talking storyline stuff. That you could bring enough stuff into storyline that says, you know what, Dad, you never treated me the right way, blah, blah, blah. You always looked to Hunter or you always gave uh, you know Stephanie more credit or whatever it is. This is... This is my this is my doing now. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying
1: that there is a story
2: there that could
1: make sense. It, it's definitely a story, and then but then you would have to do a lot of selling while he's why he's getting former NXT superstars to be in this group retribution. You know that's why the, Hunter makes more sense with the NXT. Song. Yeah, and then and the other thing too is like just like well the big thing and why they did it I'll never know and maybe we'll find out maybe we just we just haven't seen all the facts yet is them offering retribution a contract that's a that's a real tough one to swallow bully because all they have done is caused havoc they've they've ruined shows they've ruined the main events they've 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 beaten down WWE superstars and then the WWE offers them a contract like I'm still trying to figure out how that makes any kind of logical sense. And that
2: is, that's the giant hole in the story that needs filling in. I brought up the whole Bully Ray taking a beating at the wedding. We yeah. had to fill in that, that giant hole at the end of the story. Maybe they're going to fill in that giant hole.
1: The, the only reason I can think of right now... That makes se- That doesn't make sense. But why the WWE did it is so they can put retribution in matches. Like the ol- that's the only reason. Like like all right, we we all right, we have to put. Hey, Vince McMahon saying to you, like all right, we have retribution on the show every week, but they're not involved in any matches. How do we get them involved in matches? Well, we're gonna have to sign. All right, sign them. Sign them. Let's tell everybody we signed them to a contract so that we can put them in matches. Retribution is the type of storyline and group
2: that you have to know the absolute end result first and then book it backwards. Yes. It it has to be done that way. You can't think you can't do it week to week because we're getting week to week right now. And unfortunately we're talking about it in the worst sense where it doesn't make sense. At least it doesn't make sense right now. And It's not these things that don't make sense right now that we're like, well, let's give it some time. How come nobody's tried to unmask anybody? That makes no sense. You can't give that time. You've had enough time. How come nobody's saying, that looks like Mia, that looks like uh, Dijakovic, that looks like uh, Mercedes? How come nobody says that? That's
1: stuff that happens in the here and the now. And and this is why, it's not just, here's the problem with Raw. It's not just a retribution story. I mean, you have... You know, that Kato going up against Braun Strowman. You build it up the entire show. You're building it up. But then before the match, you have Kevin Owens slap him in the face. And then you build up the match to where you get the fight at the Raw Underground in the last 90 seconds and Braun Strowman wins. Like, that doesn't make any logical sense. Zelina Vega being in a championship match, being signed to a championship match without even winning a match on Monday Night Raw. That doesn't make any logical sense sense. Like taking the iconics, having them break up, having one turn on the other, where two weeks they're friends again. That doesn't make any logical sense. Like that that's the problem with Raw is that it's not just a retribution story. It's almost om- 90% of the of the stories on your show make no logical sense.
2: Dabba Kato was completely emasculated the minute he didn't retaliate on Kevin Owens. He should have thrown Shane McMahon over the top rope and completely destroyed Kevin Owens, or he should have, cle- or he should have knocked out Braun Strowman and said, "Kevin, I'm coming for you." I watched D'Avicato, this monster, last night, get bitch slapped, do nothing about it, and then get beat in ninety seconds.
1: So Dabo Cato in the world of the WWE and Monday Night Raw is in a WWE ring on national TV in front of a live audience. And he gets slapped in the face by Kevin Owens, which is like, and Kevin Owens is like half the size of Dabo. All right. So then you see him in Raw Underground where it's just, it's not wrestling. It's just two badasses going, you know, fist to fist and he loses in 90 seconds. Sorry, Dabo. Dabo. Done. You're finished before you even started. Done. Dead to me. Dead. I never I got, want to see you on my screen again. You're dead. I, you're dead. Because you're a, ba- you're a bitch. You're a bitch because you just got slapped in the face by Kevin O. Didn't even retaliate. Slapped in the face like a slapped in the face. Not even a punch. A slap in the face. You got humiliated, humiliated on TV. And then you got your ass kicked by Braun Strowman. Asshole, you're done. Bye. See ya. You're finished. Over. Never want to see you again. The next time you're on my TV, I'm switching the channel. You're fucking dead to me. Dead. Thanks for coming, asshole. Here's a a cup of ditty stew. Bye. Fuck nut. You're over. Done. Bye. Wow. Bye! Bye-bye! Bye! Bon voyage! Bon voyage! Don't forget to write! Right. Farewell. Farewell!
2: Farewell! Farewell! And that's that. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted
0: Open from 9am to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156 The Busted Open Podcast